Hey folks, welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. Welcome everyone. And we're going to dive into uh, the next section of this demonic discussion. I think you heard us talking last week about what we were going to name this, and I have changed the name since that talk, because I thought, you know... Uh, if I'm going to be honest about this, this is a flat-out trademark infringement, so we are no longer calling this screw tape uh, podcast. It's just going to be something else. But if you're hearing this and you have not heard the previous two, you might want to go back because this is that's right. The, this is part three of the demonic discussion that we have on. Uh, tape. So go tape. back to two of our podcasts and start. Right. You should listen to those first. But so, okay, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put you're going to the next thing you're going to hear are the demons and their discussion. So greed is one of those sins that in the past it's been something that we can mainly lead those who have some kind of means into. Usually for somebody to become greedy and to give in to the sin of greed, they have to be capable of acquiring the things that they're greedy about. And that left most of humanity out of it. With the Industrial Revolution, we've been able to net whole new loads of people into the sin of greed. For one thing, we've established the easy availability of the things that they actually need. It used to be that most of one's life was focused on acquiring the things that you need, and therefore people didn't have time to spend their minds thinking about the things that they don't need. I would, With uh, the Industrial Revolution... I would interject here that, that uh, historically, we had a lot of success with the princes of the church with this... Uh, with this weakness because they were able to obtain a lot of things that the common man wasn't able to. And they were able to do it in ways that often tempted them to take advantage of the situation that the enemy had given them. That's right. It's not... That's right. It, it's, it's still there. Not... But the... There's not as big of a difference between the common man and the church princes and bishops as there used to be. They're much closer together now. At least that's what we've noticed. Yes, yes. And because acquiring the things that people need is so much easier, it has caused people to focus on leisure time in a way that people have not done before. And by focusing on leisure, they've entered into a need to be Stimulated. The leisure is not just something that most people are content to spend thinking about things. Instead, they have to fill their leisure time 
with doing things and with acquiring things that they don't need, the, the needless things. This has become even more pronounced since the informational revolution. Now, not only do they have the time to think about needless things, but needless things are available with an ease that they've never been before, which introduces a constant tension between, well, a constant tension towards leisure. It promotes sloth, which is the wasting of one's time by engaging activities that aren't what they're supposed to to do, but it also promotes greed, which is always desiring more, which requires people to perform the activities that allow them to acquire more. But then they acquire them so that they can use them slothfully. So we have been able to create a situation in which greed and sloth are sort of pulling against one another so that to the extent that a person is drawn away from sloth, which you talked about before, right? they're doing so towards greed. And to the extent that they're being pulled away from greed, they're doing so towards sloth. Sloth and greed, since the Industrial Revolution and then the Information Revolution, have created an ability for almost to for us to almost completely blot out of the mind of the person thoughts about the enemy. Yeah, I've uh, we've we've noticed that in in the humans consideration of each other they consider a male to either be greedy because he spends his time industriously or slothful because he doesn't spend all of his time trying to obtain money. It's, aside from, aside from them falling for one of these two temptations, we seem to have been able to make the rest of the society look at those two as an either-or. Yes, yes, we've, we've created a dichotomy in the behavior of many humans and in their assessment of each other which brings us well this one of the examples of how this plays out that is especially good for us is that this tension between greed and sloth often push Sunday out of the daily cadence of human life humans now often instead of looking forward to Sunday as a day of rest from good labor, look forward towards a weekend when they can merely be slothful about everything. And those who, which causes Sunday itself to lose its place. And then those who see that as a waste of human time instead fill their weekend up with working, often doing the work that they feel like they should have gotten done during the week but didn't have the time to accomplish because they're working so hard to acquire things out of greed. This is really good for uh, the offspring to witness 
their parents, especially the male parents, uh, spending time not adoring the enemy as the enemy had planned for him to do. That's right. That's right. It has... We never believed that we could accomplish this level of bringing people who normally in centuries past would have been the most devout among Christians. Uh, those with a little bit of money who have that little bit of time who feel like they can afford to take a Sunday. It used to be that they would take their Sunday, they would go and adore the enemy at their churches and then get back into the daily grind of their life. Now, we even initially believed that the Industrial Revolution would lead more and more to people doing this as they became less bogged down in the needs of their day, but instead the opposite has happened, which has made us very happy, and obviously uh, we hope it makes the enemy very angry. And without this... that, that Sunday as the beginning of their week, it makes the rest of the week much easier for us to infiltrate into all the places that we try to. Yeah. One of which is the schools. We've been able to use the schools to promote an ethic of worldliness as a measure of success so that people are no longer considered successful both by themselves and by others according to how well they live but rather according to how much they have. We've also been able to use the schools to get children away from their female parents early in life. This promotes the female parents to work, which reinforces the cycle of greed, not just in individuals, but in entire households. We've been able to get couples to seek worldly goods over the virtues for their families. Often, we can get the female parent to go work in order to acquire some specific material thing. And while she's working, we can get the whole family to begin to rely on her income for some standard of living so that then she feels like she has to work. We've been able to get parents to feel like they are failures if they can't provide a certain level of material comfort and material luxury for their children. And then we reinforce this in children in the schools as they're growing up, both through the comparison of their material status with their peers and in the instruction in the school itself, which focuses largely now under our control and our guidance and influence on how to get a job, how to pick a job, how to pick a lucrative career. Uh, everything in schools is focused on careers and not on living virtuously. I would also add that as 
as the parents continue to try to obtain for the offspring the various comforts, the offspring more and more consider all of these comforts a something they're entitled to and fight with their parents if they don't get them, which causes That's discord right. throughout the family between the male parent, the female parent, and the offspring. And sometimes we can even get one parent to feel the same way and cause discord between the parents, between the male and female parents, over material things. This was an incredible feat to be able to convince the male parent that the female parent ought to be bringing in more money instead of caring for the offspring. It makes everything else easy for us. Yeah. And it's with the schools that we've been able to do this. Another thing that has been a great help to us is social media. Social media has almost completely replaced the earlier broadcast uh, communication commercials as the promoter of consumerism among humans. It used to be that we could get the various broadcasters to sell ad space to the sellers of goods, whatever kinds of goods, toys or anything that might make somebody feel like they suddenly are somebody they're not. And they would put their commercials out and their commercials would go into the TVs in people's homes. Obviously, we encouraged people to watch TV as much as possible. Now, the way computers and the internet and social media work, we can get people into a situation where the messages of consuming are tailor-made for the particular human so that they have a much higher level of success in causing that human to slip into the sin of greed in how they live their lives. Going We've even, also created... Go ahead. Perhaps you were going to say the same thing. Go, it, what makes it even more powerful is the fact that the users of the social media feel as though they ought to brag whenever they get the comforts of these material things in order to kind of show up the other users. That's and right. They often create kind of a fantasy lie that they put online that really isn't true at all, but they create this perfect world to give other people the impression that they live in utopia when they live in misery and the other people seeing that often brought about by sinful attachment to these material things feel as though they themselves can obtain that same utopia that doesn't exist by doing the same things we've seen that almost nobody after having spent a significant amount of money to acquire something will go on to these social media channels and admit that 
it doesn't make them happy. Brilliant. So these channels have created very similar to the schoolyard situation where the two or three kids whose parents had maybe a little more money than everybody else were able to afford the really cool brand of gym shoes or the really nifty backpack in in school or something like that. The others who couldn't afford as much were maybe a little bit jealous and might be greedy for those kinds of things. Now we've been able to amplify that through social media. But we've also created a new kind of greed, a greed that is strangely immaterial. We've been able to create in humans a need for a constant flow of images and chatter. Just being on the social media has become a thing that humans are greedy for, almost like lust, except there may not be any sexual component. It's just a greed for the flow of the images and the chatter and the updates. And humans have been especially prone to this. We've also seen that in that greed, they more and more have this odd, almost a fetish to have other humans seeing their own images and posts. That's right. We have created a greed for attention as well. And it's it's part of the fantasy for humans that we've been able to create that the world cares about every moment of their individual lives. They, they get depressed if, if they have a lack of, of unreal attention. This is especially delightful for us when we consider that the enemy is the only one who actually does care about every moment of every person's life. And we've gotten millions of people to completely ignore the enemy in favor of of a completely fictitious kind of attention from others. The odd thing is that it's not just that the enemy pays attention. The enemy has a, 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 a almost insatiable desire to obtain their attention and to attain their love and affection, whatever that is. That's what they're calling it. That's what he, uh, the enemy calls it. And would do... Well, we know what the enemy did 2,000 years ago. In order to bring these humans to him. Yes, and that's, that's true. That attention, they, they, as you said, they would much rather get the attention of each other. Than, and only pretend attention at that, as right. we've learned. It's it's not like the attention that the enemy gives them, uh, where he's willing to, how they say, put put his money where his mouth is. Let's put the skin in the game. That's right. Brilliant. Okay. There are some problems creeping into the picture, however. 
especially associated with the new right or the old right coming back into practice and more people becoming interested in the old right. We are seeing more and more men, especially in association with or in correlation with the old right, relearning asceticism and the rejection of the things of the world, both material things and the immaterial things such as the social media scrolling. We've also seen a renewed interest in real spirituality among those who attend the old rite. This is causing, even among those who aren't practicing some specific asceticism, this is just causing people to be less interested in material things generally. Another thing that's especially dangerous for us is that as people interact with a sense of transcendence, it makes the things of this world, the things of their world, the material things, seem small and unimportant. And some of the male parents are even beginning to raise their families with a deliberate detachment from the material world, withholding things like cell phones and other accesses to social media, not having televisions even in their houses in some cases. And we've seen that the men who are doing this are having a lot of success having real relationships with their children and with their female counterparts. And this is worrisome. We need to do everything that we can to crush the interest in the old right. We had thought that as this began popping up, we would be able to give the offspring a sense of missing out and that the discord that that would bring about in the family would easily overcome the males who are holding fast to this detachment. But we're, we're finding out more often than not, as the children are never fully integrated into this social media world, that they are not fighting as much as we had hoped. That is my report on greed. I'm ready to talk about envy. Great. Envy has been more easy to engender than greed because humans are social creatures and they necessarily see themselves in relation to other humans. When we can take that relational view of themselves and turn it into a comparative view instead, then we invite envy into the mind of the human. One of the things that has helped us is a modern focus on what humans are calling social justice. In most cases, the inclinations of social justice are just the continued sensibilities of communism and socialism that we were so successful with in the past century. 
we keep people focused on questions of deserving where it comes to others. The rich don't deserve to be rich. The modern information age helps us promote this envy by making everybody else's business public. Every single time somebody is earning a little bit more or has a little bit more than somebody else, this becomes known widespread. And as soon as we can show that that person doesn't meet up to some kind of measure of goodness as evaluated, not by the enemy, but, but by the fickle concerns of other humans, it creates a situation of envy. The human will see that person and will think, I'm better than that person. Why don't I have what that person has instead of him? This especially is helped by promoting the socialist communist idea that wealth is a zero-sum game. We have gotten most people to forget that wealth is the product of the activity of humans and instead to think of wealth as a fixed item that just needs to be distributed correctly in order for the world to be the way that it should be. It also goes almost without saying that when it comes to this focus on social justice, leading people into envy is greatly helped by encouraging people's inclination towards greed. When we can create greed in people, or at least an inclination for greed in a human, and then that human doesn't have the means to acquire the things that he's greedy for, he quickly turns to envy because he sees so many other situations in the world through the constant access to information where somebody who, in his mind, is less deserving than him has all the means to acquire those things about which he's being greedy. So we can convert greed to envy very quickly through the use of information and social media. This, uh, this goes hand in hand with what we were talking about earlier with the fact that much of the things on the social media is not true. And so when we can get a sense of entitlement backed up by one person either lying about what they have or lying about the joy that it brings them, we get to a point where people are hating each other for having something that neither of them wants. It's a wonderful situation. And this also ties into that aspect of greed that we've been able to drive people to be greedy about things that aren't even material, about merely viewing social media and seeing the streams. Well, in social media, people see themselves in comparison with others in other non-material things. People compare the number of 
followers they have with others. They compare the number of clicks and likes and shares that they get when they put something on social media with what somebody else might get when, when that person, that human puts something on social media. They evaluate the comments that they receive on social media and compare them with comments that others receive on social media. This has created, again, a, a very similar to greed, a situation where people are easily turned envious over things that aren't even material. And as you just pointed out, they're constantly comparing their own lives with false images presented by others. And as we've learned, that's always going to fall short. And that leads a human right into the sin of envy. We've noticed also that there are occasionally humans who try to use these social media tools as a means of promoting the, the enemy. And it's very easy to discourage them from doing this when they see less attention given to them when they do it. Until the, That's right. they get to the point where they stop doing it altogether because it's not getting them the attention that they thought they ought to be receiving or that they pictured themselves receiving when they started. Right. Now, as with greed, the schools have been our friend in envy, too. The schools have almost entirely been taken over by our own agents, humans who are committed to doing our work. They're used as propaganda beds for the philosophy of envy. The human young are spending most of their waking time under the control of somebody other than their parents. This creates a distorted sense of place and identity for those young humans as they grow up, and it promotes an overemphasis on an egalitarian view of the world. When a young human is in a school, he's treated practically practically the same as all the other young humans, at least at that grade level or in that age level. The schools drive for uniformity, very differently from in a family where every young person is treated as he specifically needs to be. His problems are addressed uniquely to him by his parents. But when a young human is in a school, He's not being treated as an offspring. He's only being treated as something to be trained, almost like an, like a, a performance dog or monkey being trained in order to say the right things and feel the right things and go out into the world and do the right things. Yes. The school also creates a sense of a human deserving or earning merely by the act of being at school with overblown ceremonies, with graduations and the explosion of degrees in colleges. The, the graduation ceremonies have become 
large and almost otherworldly as though the graduation deserves as much attention and pomp as what people used to give to the mass, even more so. And once the human gets into college, he's faced with so many different degrees, degree and minutia, every little sub specialty of human activity has some kind of degree associated with it so that a human can do practically nothing and get a degree in doing that. This creates, again, a sense of earning that encourages that human to compare himself to others and evaluate what he has with what they have compared with what he has deserved through his education and what they might deserve in their education. One of the interesting things about private schools is that they help us to accomplish this, but they also don't have the downside of introducing the humans to a broader spectrum of other kinds of humans, humans who are in other social classes and and economic strata. The private schools introduce the sense of deserving and earning and the envy mentality while keeping those who attend them elite compared to the broader masses of people. I see. It promotes a sense of us versus them kind of separation, a educated versus uneducated which becomes almost extreme once the human gets into university education. Since I'm educated, I deserve. Anybody who has more than me has to have it unjustly if they're not educated or if they're not educated as well as I am. Humans are being trained in the schools to think of deserving their so-called slice of the pie according to their level of education and not according to either the various characteristics that make them able to function in a world of commerce or according to virtue. You know, now the the odd thing is that I saw that we saw this happening and assumed that much of this would change as soon as the students engaged in the workforce. And yet that's, it's not changing. Even, even these students who graduate with this view of themselves as an elite go dive into positions that are as part of companies. First of all, they're not, sometimes the companies don't even seem to notice the lack of success in, in building the company's uh, capital. And then what's more to the point is that the, the one-time students and now failures as businessmen doesn't seem to shake their view of themselves no matter how poorly they do the job that they thought they deserved to begin with. That's right. 
this seems more to be something that's developed in the past 10 years. It was never that way before, at least not in the capital capitalist uh, society that has come about in the U.S. The schools have certainly undergone a continued evolution and their transformation to our goals has accelerated in the past quarter century. Yeah. Now, again, there are some problems developing in association with the old right. For one thing, it's turning the minds of men in large part away from our program of envy and back to an awareness of the common dignity of humans. We need to try to understand what this dignity really is. It's it's something that the enemy has told people that they have, and we are sure that it is some kind of mind game that the enemy is playing, but whatever it is, it seems to work. By dimming the importance of earthly things, the old right reduces the inclination for envy, and by putting the priest in a special place by virtue of ordination, rather than his own merits or his own deservedness, it causes people to stop thinking in terms of, I earned, I deserve, I should have. It gives people, it gives humans an invitation to view their own place with greater honesty, which then follows them out of the old right itself into the rest of how they engage the world. And within the old right, everybody kneels before the enemy. This promotes humility and acceptance of their own stations in life. Even people who may have a high degree of education, if they find themselves pulled into the old right, they will often not resent. We almost can't get them to resent whatever position they have in the world outside of that, in whatever it is, their workplace uh, or whatever. We noticed that with the, the new right, the, even in a large congregation, it was easy to get them into cliques and smaller subgroups where each of them looked down on the others. One group would look down on another group because of lack of money. At the same time, that other group would look down on them for having too much money. The division in the new right was so easy. This seems to be wavering now that the old right has a renewed interest. The the members, the 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 congregation in these old rights seem to be more accepting of the company of each other. We have also seen the new right especially helpful in promoting a sense of envy by encouraging everybody to 
think that they ought to have some kind of visible part to play in the Mass. And those who do get such parts then think better of themselves for it than they should, which we think is wonderful. And those who don't get such parts are envious because they're sure that if they had the right control, they could make something better than the way it's being done by those who are doing it. In the old right, this isn't encouraged at all. Right. We've seen especially the females become more and more envious of the males, especially the priests. And we've gotten to a place where many of the females believe that they would be able to obtain the powers of the priest by some sort of special edict from the church princes. That's right. If we could get the church to place females in the role of the priest at Mass, we could do away with the real Mass. Yeah, we would win. We would win. People would no longer have access to the sun bread. And access to that box where they come out clean. That's right. The confessional, that whatever goes on in that box. We've, we've lost so many anymore. people because of that box. And uh, if, if we could eliminate, if we can't eliminate the box and the use of the box... We could fake it. And if the females could be in that box, they would no longer come out clean. We would have them and and maybe even give them a false sense of security where they think they are clean and they are not. That's right. That would benefit us. We would be able to lead them into much greater sins. And this would go a long way in convincing the males that their role as male is not one as a leader because if we could do that then the females could lead as well as the males whether it's in the church or in their families we've already done this in politics we've won that game that's right and in many workplaces as well and more and more even in the families The church is the one place we're just right on the edge. If we could just push this a little bit harder, we will win. Okay, is that everything we've got on Envy? That is everything I've got on Envy. Okay, there's a lot to there was a lot to talk about there. I didn't think they used envy and greed as well as they are using it. <laughs> I'm kinda of, kinda of reflecting on my own life a little bit now. <laughs> yeah. I got a I got a lot of work to do. Well, uh, you know, it's hopefully. kind of funny. The the one demon was talking about how um as sort of a, a sidebar to the envy, um promoting that sense of deservedness and 
when people are getting out of, of schools and they're going into the workforce and they have this sort of high sense of self and high sense of what they deserve in the workforce. And even when they're performing like crap, the demons didn't use these words. I'm just kind of putting my yeah. own spin. Even when they perform like crap, they don't even seem to care or, or notice it or whatever. Um, and listening to that reminded me of a time, you know, I work at uh, a company in uh, north side ish of Indianapolis mm-hmm. and the, um, <clears throat> we work in a build, we don't own the building, but we work in the a building that, you know, we lease space from and the building provides, um, you know, cre- cleaning crews. Of course, they contract it out to yeah. somebody who, and, and the, the cleaning people, the, you know, that's an industry in itself. So if you like ha- are a cleaning guy and you have a bunch of people working for you, you go out and try to get contracts at, at various places to come in and do the nightly cleaning right. and that kind of stuff. So they've, you know, I've been there long enough. I've seen a few turnovers. Um, and sometimes I work late and sometimes I'll get to, you know, meet and chat a little bit with, with some of the people. Well, the other day I was, uh, I forget why I was there, like a car dealer for something or other. And while I was there, Mm -hmm. I ran into a guy. Um, I don't think he was, he didn't, uh, yeah, he did work there. He, He was actually a worker there and he noticed my shirt and he said, oh, yeah, I used to clean for you guys. And then I noticed and I realized, oh, I do recognize him. He, I've even talked with him after hours. I said, oh, yeah, what happened? Oh, he, said, okay. he said, oh, yeah, we were let go. And I was kind of afraid to ask why. Um, I forget what I said. But he said, yeah, it was just quality problems. Um, basically, you know, he was like completely unembarrassed that they had gotten several complaints about the quality of their work and therefore was were let go from the contract. And it's like, how do you how do you not be embarrassed about something like that? So much that you would just tell it to a stranger in whose building you used to clean. Yeah, I would be that, more I, like, I wouldn't say well, that. there were I'd at least try to make excuses. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he I he he said, Oh yeah, quality issues. They we got several complaints. Yeah. Well I mean you're hearing about um Things in the news where, where like the heads of companies are so woke that they're making absolutely idiotic decisions. Yeah. And they're being backed up by everyone because everybody's afraid of them, whether they help the company or not. <laughs> and it's like, this is insane. How, how is this happening? You remember that? I don't know if you've ever seen it, but that commercial, uh, it's for some kind of, um, oh gosh, uh, I don't even remember whether it was like car insurance or, or something. It was about, they're, they were talking about a product and you don't get any drama with our product. And the, they showed like all these people like, like in a conference room sitting around and everybody, it's like clearly the end of, a presentation where whoever it is, the boss maybe had just presented his plan and uh-huh. the guys are like, yeah, I think it's a good plan. Yep. And you know, and the next guy, Oh yeah, I think, we, you know, we can go with it. And then one guy says, no, it's a dumb plan. And then they turn around and they show him outside the front door with his box of stuff 
you know, because he had been let go yeah. because he didn't go along with the plan. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we need more of that guy in these corporations. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and and it just, it's weird seeing companies. The problem is that we got companies who are promoting this kind of thing. Companies who are making poor business decisions to mm-hmm. the point where they're really would normally go out of business, but they're being carried often by subsidies and by government money. Yeah. Um, GE, not GE, GM, got that bailout, remember? And that was all started. <coughs> that's me. when the bailout started, which I think it was yeah. George Bush. Yeah. Or no, Obama did that. I can't remember. Delta. Delta should have gone over more than one time. But they've been carried a number of times by the government. Uh, several of the banks should be gone, but they're still but here. They're, nope, exactly. It's crazy the way this fantasy world is filtering into the real world. But it's it's one of those things that can't go on forever. Eventually, you know, things collapse when they are that way. Mm-hmm. They can't just keep going. But, well... Anyway, I guess it's time for us to talk about current events. Um, everybody's throwing their support to Ukraine. The, France is going to send uh, radar and air defense systems. Uh, U- UK is donating air-to-air missiles and another 18 howitzers. Canada says it's going to give... 47 million in new artillery and the u.s is just i mean i don't know how many billions of dollars we've handed them but the funny thing is no one knows what the money was for you know at least at least france says we're gonna send radar yeah systems right the u.s just keeps saying we're gonna send billions of dollars period i am telling you this entire thing is a money laundering operation yeah, but is it the is it more thing. than that? I mean, is this is this some kind it of probably weird, yeah it is. Um, it's like Ukraine is. It's like we've talked about before. It's not like Ukraine was some kind of bastion of Western values, right? Um, I mean, the extent that we should care about Ukraine, which used to be a Russian. Uh, territory or satellite anyway um, whether or not I agree with Putin's you know aggressive decisions mm-hmm. I don't for the record but it's kind of like you know one cannibal tribe in in South America goes and beats up another cannibal tribe in South America that you know it's like okay no, it, it was a bad thing but involved. why would we put any skin into that particular game and and i don't see this being a game that we need to put skin into like this but everybody is jumping into it is this going to create some kind of excuse for a sort of a a, a world sort of a global conflict with the great maybe reset like russia oh. and china on one side and everybody else on the other i kind of don't think that's it i maybe that's it but I think two things. Number one, it's I think this is part of the Great Reset. If they can 
if they can have everything collapse and then blame it on Russia and not take real response I don't know why they think the world would be fooled at this point I think most anyone with just a little bit of sense understands part of what's going on here yeah and the other part is that Ukraine has been used for the past 10 years to launder money it's Ukraine is worse than the Vatican I think that's the only reason the Pope is coming out on Russia's side is because people aren't using the Vatican to launder money anymore. They're using oh, Ukraine. They're... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the Vatican got caught with its uh, <laughs> financial <Yeah>. irregularities. <laughs> it's like, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you guys going to launder it here? We're, we're the money laundering operation. Now you guys are using Ukraine. Well, I don't know. I... It, Again, what, what, there's nothing we can do about it. We just see where it goes. Yeah. I think, I, I'm at this point, I'm seriously scared of a nuclear war. Yeah. That's the other thing. Well, the left has never made any bones about it. They want less people. That's true. They don't care if people are killed or how we get less people. They've they always said they want less people. I don't think they care if we lost... New York City. I know, but have them live in New York City. And what about DC? I mean, if there was a nuclear war, you know that DC would would be a target. Right. One would hope. (laughs) Um, I, I, I think. See who makes it out of these cities. Yeah, that's in order to find out how much a part of it they are. If a bunch of the the uh, a bunch of the I don't know what you'd call them, the, the super elites, the people that, that you don't really know much about and, and, and the high politicians start yeah. moving to, to you know the, the heartland, <laughs> then, then it's time to be scared. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Get this. 18 people are killed and others injured when there's a bus carrying 47 flood survivors burst into flames. Oh, wow. From what flood? Which is... Where? Something in Pakistan. Oh, wow. So, they've got... They rescue people from water, put them on a bus, start driving away, and the bus suddenly bursts into flames and kills them all. Well, kills a bunch of them. 18 people, that's a lot of people. That's a lot. It's a shame. But it's an ironic shame. I mean, buses don't... It does. Maybe there was like an attack. I don't know. But it seems like a weird thing to attack flood victims. Yeah, you know? a bus full of flood victims. That's weird. I... It's That's a weird one. Uh, let's see. Five people are killed and two others injured in a mass shooting in Raleigh, North Carolina. I hadn't heard about that uh, one. It's a, it was a 15-year-old boy. I, to be honest, here's what I think happened. I think he got into a fight with someone he lived with, uh-huh. like a family member, and he shot them. And as he left the house, he just went on a shooting spree because oh. he started shooting people as he was leaving. And I, th- I have a feeling that's what really happened. Kind of like they have him in custody. He shot somebody, like let's say his brother, and then it's like, well, mm-hmm. my life is over. I'm going to just start shooting people or something. Yeah. Or maybe he was hoping to get. Gunned down by police or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. yeah. 
and now, so they've got him in custody. Now he's gonna have to go to prison. Like. Yeah. Um, there are some rare anti-government protests in Beijing. Oh. Uh, protesting the government zero COVID policy. So. China's locking people down for idiotic reasons with this COVID, zero COVID policy. This is dumb. But uh, that's how they maintain so much control. Some people got up to protest. I I bet those people are no longer alive. I was going to say, I mean... Or at least not around. Know, we have an example of how China handles protesters. It's called Tiananmen Square. Yeah, I have no idea how that country is ever going to uh, find a way to get over communism. It's The control is so complete yeah. over there. It's, it's a shame. Speaking of which, uh, the Vatican has renewed its secretive deal with the communist China for a second time. So, Gosh. Yeah. It's, that is so evil. I, of all the things that Pope Francis has done... I, That's probably among the most evil. It's I don't know if it's the most evil, but it bothers me the most. Oh, yeah. The way yeah. he just stabbed I think everyone in the back. On the plan of McCarrick. McCarrick's the one who set that up. Oh, wow. <laughs> I guess it's I never realized that, but there you go. Terrible. Um, U.S. Department of Agriculture announces 47 million birds, chickens and turkeys have died of H5N1 flu or calling. Or what? I don't think... Or being called because, say, someone... To try to prevent the spread. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't believe that the virus is spreading or that the virus is all that bad because it doesn't... I don't think it kills them. I think most of this is calling to prepare further for the Great Reset. And, I mean, 47 million birds? Why not just... At this point, it's it's spreading. We know it's spreading. Calling is not going to get rid of it. Why not just let it take its course? Yeah. This was, to me, kind of like the COVID thing, where it's, it's like... Kind of an excuse. Let's, let's, let's quarantine people who do not have the disease and here they called birds that do not have the disease just in order to make this again I, this is all part of the great reset I think to, to, yeah to make food unavailable it, it doesn't yeah that's all it was it's, let's not let people eat these birds why not first of all you cook them second of all it doesn't spread to humans there's been no human that has H5N1. Yeah. I mean, I know they're concerned about the fact, like you know, like various avian flus have mutated to the point where they do jump to humans. And, and I know that's the, at least the ostensible concern. Um, but I've never but heard it, of one, one of those flus one. being very deadly. Yeah. I mean, well, all bird flu, it's supposed to be real bad. But I've never seen really high rates of uh, death mm-hmm. for those flus. It's just stupid. Yeah, it's not like I don't know, Marburg or something. Marburg was real bad. If it's wasn't spreading, it? then it's spreading. If if it's in the wild, then it's spreading. There, you have no way of keeping this out. Yeah, just let it go. 
Um, so Amazon has this... They're selling a suicide chemical. Oh my gosh. What is that? Uh, it, it's, it's something... Uh, if you want to commit suicide, uh, you can order this chemical, and it's it's wow. actually being advertised as a suicide chemical. So now is this... Russia has Russia has charged them uh, because they they were selling it in Moscow, I oh, think, wow. and, yeah. and Russia has has taken action against them. Good. But apparently, no one else has. Wow, that's uh, CBS was going to do a segment on it to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, they—they're not. They're dropping it. They're not going to tell. They're not going to talk about it. Sodium nitrite. So is this somebody who is selling it through Amazon, or is this an Amazon thing? This is an Amazon thing, as far as I can tell. Wow. Uh, they got a letter from Amazon's. I think. Let's see here. Carrie Goldberg was representing the families, I guess, of victims. Okay. In a lawsuit, and uh, but they're not dropping it. And good, I, no, I mean Amazon. Oh, isn't, isn't dropping, dropping the product. product? I thought you said. I thought you meant they're not dropping the lawsuit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so far, so New York Times has identified over fifty people who have committed suicide using sodium nitrite <laughs> bought through Amazon. Man, Amazon's like, well, if people are going to commit suicide. We may as well make some money off of it. Wow. That is that's really bad. Yeah. Now, up till now, I've been doing most of my news from uh, uh, Current Events Wiki Portal. Uh-huh. But I'm going to start taking a few headlines from LifeSite News from now on. Oh, okay. Because they're better headlines. Yeah. Uh, so the big banks are planning to launch... Uh, a pilot to exercise better managed climate-related financial risks. Better managed and it's, climate-related? Yep. That's weird. Financial risks. Oh. So I guess they're... At first, I thought what this is is like if if you buy, say, oceanfront property, it's more risky because the ocean is creeping up, right? That's what I would so think. So in 10 years... But that just proves nobody actually believes in climate change. So instead, what it is, is if you start a power company, you know, within the next 10 years, they're going to make all kinds of laws against your power company. Well, that's not climate risk. So you're going to have higher rates. That's regulation risk. Yeah, that's climate regulation. (laughs) But it's not even climate regulation. It's, It's just regulation. Yeah. And it's just a way for... Okay. Uh, the government to take money and power. So they're recognizing the reality of regulation as a more and more significant risk factor as governments get more heavy-handed, and they're calling it climate yeah. risk in order to make it sound good. Which I, you know, right? I gotta agree. If you're investing in things, yeah, if, if you're, you've got to yeah. think about the regulatory uh, environment. The problem is they're also. Forcing some of these changes, aside from just, you know, say charging for higher risk rate, they're bringing about these the, the changes, changes too. Yeah. They're forcing companies to make, quote, green decisions. 
which is leading to bad business, mm-hmm. which we just talked about. Well, that's part of why they, so, they do the regulators, <laughs> regulations. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll invest in a company, and then what we'll do is we will invest the money to you know tell the company that as part of the investment um, agreement, you have to do certain things in a certain green way, whatever, and we'll invest the money to allow you to do that. Obviously, we're going to get paid that money back, but in order to get our return on investment, you need to succeed in that market space as a company. So what we'll do, since you're already doing these green things that we told you to do, we'll also encourage regulations that force all companies to do those things, and now it'll be a lot harder for other companies to get into that same market area. And so we'll have a better chance of recovering our return on the investment. The the big banks, all the, the the enemy of the people, the the capitalists, are turning away from the free market, and it's just becoming a big. It, it's a globalist economy, yeah, a, an oppressive one. It's insane. Stacey Abrams in, uh, I think where's she in Georgia, Georgia. or Alabama? Yeah. Now I, I thought it was remember. Georgia. Georgia. You're looking it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Georgia. Um, she so she was asked about inflation and the rising grocery bills and the rising gas bills, and she said that these things wouldn't be a problem if we used abortion. Oh my gosh! That that that's the fix for this. You know, having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. So that's kill all your kids, then you can afford to pay more for gas and groceries. Yeah. That's her, that's her solution. Yeah, it's insane. Wow. It's insane. Just shows you how evil these people I, are. I've, I've heard that before. I, I was arguing with, on a forum, and one of the guys who was generally conservative said, I don't know, abortion could be the solution for poverty. <laughs> I just I, how how can you get that dumb? <laughs> you know, it's but, just idiotic. But you know, I mean, look, yeah, it is idiotic and it's evil and it's dumb. But but I mean, look at at countries like like Denmark, for example. I think is one of them where uh, killing people with Down syndrome is their solution to Down syndrome. Yeah. I, and you know, I guess killing deaf people could be our solution to, to hearing loss or something. I don't know. It's back to that demonic discussion where the yeah the envy, the desire for more and, money, and, the greed. and the greed. Greed, you're in the way and, of my getting it, what I is, want, so you need to just disappear. Right. It's just it's insane. It's it's so backwards, um, and it's just evil. It is so evil. Speaking of evil, Boston Children's Hospital doctor says gender confusion has skyrocketed. Yeah. And apparently they're giving out puberty blockers like candy. Oh my gosh. That's completely... You know, I... I'm trying to think of where... You've been hearing about the... the, Like, they had ads on their website for their gender confusion services really? for children. Wow. 
Yeah, I didn't and, know that. And uh, people started talking about them, and then they pulled the ads. But a lot of people recorded them, so it's oh, like, okay. no, don't act like you didn't do this. Yeah. And they're saying things like, you know, hey, some, most, many children are born knowing what gender they are. <laughs> but it's important. I mean, they're talking about giving gender blockers. That's so stupid. To, or uh, puberty blockers. blockers to like, and starting this uh, process for like two-year-olds. Oh my gosh, that's awful. You know, I, I it is insane. I what show it was on that I was listening to? It might have been the the uh, somebody who was on the Informed Dissent one, or it might have been been one of the other podcasts I listened to. Listened to, but mm-hmm. there was a, a doctor who um, was talking about. Um, it, I, I don't know if they had the doctor on or if they had a guy who had interviewed the doctor, but doctor. I'm like a psychiatrist or something like that. And one of the mm-hmm. things that he deals with is, is, you know, these kids who have gotten onto the bandwagon. Oh yeah. I, I, I'm really a boy, even though my body's a girl or vice versa. And he has as a very first like frontline remedy or not remedy, but treatment, a, 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 a step in the process mm-hmm. of dealing with it, has had parents simply remove their access to social media. Whether it's a computer at home, cell phones definitely take it away and make them do without social media for a time before he would even start, you know, treating them for the, the yeah. condition or whatever. Every single kid whose parents he was able to convince to do that stopped, uh, you know, the, the, the so-called problem just went away. The kids stopped thinking yeah. that they're the wrong sex after they got off the Imagine social media. That. Wow. Every one of them. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and, and it shows you that this is not, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, this g- gender dysphoria... It is a real thing. There is a psychological disorder of somebody, you know, being strongly inclined to the gender that is opposite their sex. It's rare, but it exists. But this this modern trend of wanting to gender jump or whatever you want to call it, um, it's it's a fad. It's a it's a social. you know, talk about a social construct. That's one of the things that the gender theory people, all oh, gender is a social construct. Well, guess what? This this gender jump fad is a social construct. And, and, you know, the sad part about it is it's more often than not the fad of the parents, <laughs> not of the kids. Right. The parents see something real small and they're like, ooh, cool, I'm going to have a fag kid. <laughs> and... I yeah. mean, it's like five years old, and it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's awful. Kanye West wants to buy Parler uh, to protect free expression of conservative opinions. Is I don't, is Parler like a, in danger of not doing that or something? I don't like, know. Is Parler going to go the way of Twitter? It, <sighs> maybe he's offering to buy it so that he can... Maybe he thinks he can do good for the company. I These people just don't get they don't seem to understand how to make uh these things work and they they assume that if 
If we won't delete conservative opinions, then we'll get popular. That seems to be what a lot of them think. Yeah, they don't know that you've you've got to have a platform that's... People don't generally get into Facebook or even Twitter and so forth for the purpose of their opinions and stuff. That that kind of is a follow-on. Right. It's got to be pleasing for chatting with friends or whatever, sharing your recipes and, and you know, even the... Chatting with like, friends. Like the... Um, playing video games. Yeah. The far, what is the Farmville? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I am... I mean, gosh, we heard the thing from the demons. I mean, the the stuff even even for all those yeah. legitimate things is is kind of a uh, um, a weird addiction for people these days. Yeah. But in order to get there to begin with, it's it's got to be good and pleasing to use for those purposes. It's got to be smooth and easy and and so forth. Yeah. And these other platforms they're coming out with, they don't have that. Yeah, it's just not there. Which I guess we can keep hoping that uh, what's his name will buy Twitter oh, and Elon and Musk stop the yeah. Then at least there will be the a platform that, that is not censoring, right? And that it's we'll a good plan. I mean, it's an easy to use platform. Yeah. Thing is, I probably still won't uh, get back on it if he does, because I've just been so happy not yeah, I, I don't using think I will Twitter and Facebook. Right. Yeah. Uh, Vermont high school girls rebuke the district for forcing them to share a locker room with gender-confused males. Uh, yeah, now, the district ought to be rebuked for that. I bring this up because this thing has been going on for a while where uh, men enter into women's sports and then... First of all, they have to use the same lockers. Second of all, they just dominate the the game. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really talked about it. And I guess it's because I didn't really know how to say this. But for the first time, I heard someone echoing my thoughts on this. And that was Timothy Gordon. <laughs> yeah. It's like... I, I don't care. Why do you have women's sports anyway? I really anyway? don't care. Exactly. Yeah. These women... These girls should not be turned into this competitive monster that boys tend to be. Yeah. I don't care a whole lot for sports anyway. I think I think by the time a guy gets to high school, he should have his mind on something more constructive. But when when boys have a chance to play, they're gonna do it and they're gonna be competitive mm-hmm. about it. And they're gonna take you know they're going to make it everything. So it's like if you're if what you do is play football, you're just going to do everything you can to dominate and it's the way boys are. Yeah. Why would we want to turn girls into, into the, exactly it's so exactly. disgusting to why me. Why would we why would it be attractive for a girl to to be like that at all? So when the boys come into this, to me we have female sports because the feminists wanted to be able to play well, let them. Say, okay, you want to play? We're not going to have boys and girls teams. Yeah, We're just going to have teams. If you want to play, now to play. And let's make it a meritocracy. Well, if you want on the team and you don't want to sit on the bench, you got to perform. So we're going to have entire teams of uh, transgender men. Playing against women teams. 
playing or playing against other transgender men. But, yeah, every team is going to have to have its its be the trans, transvestite, the trans league, and then it'll just be the trans league because all the women will be like, "I'm not playing with these yeah. dudes; they're kicking the crap out of me." The whole thing is it's just so I, I just stupid. never. I guess I never bring it up because I just don't care. Yeah, well, I, but. Yeah, the, the except for the locker room, the thing. phenomenon highlights both the stupidity of the transgender movement and the stupidity of women's sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a pro LGBT doctor, it's a pro LGBT. How do you become pro gay? That doesn't make that any mean? sense yeah. to me. I'm I'm all for gays. You you want more people to be gay or what? Is, what? what does pro- are you trying LGBT, to change yeah. people into gay? Um, praised a transgender boy for killing himself. Oh my gosh! Well, wait a minute. This is insane. I thought you were pro gay. Sounds like you're anti gay. Unless you're distinguishing. Yeah, if you want him to. You're distinguishing gay from LGBT, boldly- like trans or something. So maybe she, no, she's he's like not. I think- praising him because like. Because he had the guts to kill himself. Yeah, but and he jumped in front of a a truck, tra- tractor trailer. Or something yeah, like but that. I'm I'm thinking if you're pro gay and it's like, well, yeah, he should kill himself because instead of being trans, he should have stayed a boy and just be a gay boy. Because I want more gay people. But by being trans, yeah. you're not being gay, and therefore you should go kill yourself. Does that that? Yeah, I remember when all this started. Buddy pointed out to me that the whole idiocy of this because first it was women saying there's no difference between men and women right and then it was gays saying i'm a boy but i can act like a girl Mm -hmm. and then it's transgender where it's like i am a girl but i thought there was no difference between the boys and the girls let's go back to the original argument (laughs) and the whole thing just it's, it's 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 insane circular and it's stupid uh okay final piece of news Pope Francis says that traditionalism is infidelity to the Catholic Church. Oh, really? He actually said this in a uh, in a sermon, in a homily. Huh. Um, it's I, I, I don't know. Well, I think Look, that highlights what we've he's been... He's unhappy. What we've been getting at in Desiderio de Sideravi is... Yeah. What Pope Francis means by the Catholic Church is not that which has historically been the Catholic Church. He means something else than what all of us meant growing up when we talked about the Catholic Church. Speaking of which... To me, that, that's the only way to read that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, we our book is on sale right now at Amazon. I'll have a link to it at the bottom of this page. Uh, but you can go to Amazon and look for uh, the book entitled Take Your Foot Off My Neck. And if you prefer to read the ebook for the next few days, I hope to have this, this podcast produced by Thursday. So from Thursday till Saturday, you can get the ebook for free. Oh, wow. So add it to your cart. You go through the checkout process, but you don't pay anything yep. for the next three days, and you can get it free. Nice. And we hope if you do that, you'll give us a good review. Mm-hmm. 
or some kind of review. If if you didn't, even think if it's it was critical, it, if it's honest, be honest, be critical. That's yeah. fine. Love honesty. Um. So look into that, and uh, we have an answer to Pope Francis and. Unfortunately, as we keep saying, there's just not much we can do. We have to just keep praying. There are little things that we can do to show support for the TLM and to show our uh, distaste for the Novus Ordo. Like, if you're forced to go to a Novus Ordo, take in your little red missile. Take your red missile. <laughs> read that. Just read it during read the mass. The, yeah, it, it, that will be what you, how you participate Use that is by to praying help you the real mass. Enter into a meditation and even contemplation of the mysteries that you're receiving at the mass. And of course, because when the host is the there, order I mean, is you know, a valid mass. You, you gotta, you can't just be completely like oblivious when when the host is being elevated. You right. gotta stop and look at it and adore it because that's Jesus. Obviously, those things, but which is exactly you know. what you do when in the—that's what you do in the TLM. Yeah, just act like it's a TLM, and exactly, it will put you in a better position. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great way. It is one way to stop being so this. irritated at a Nova Sordo, right? Because when you're irritated, you say, okay, it's hard yeah. to, to really participate in the mass. Well, if you can use that... And during the homily, just say the rosary. Yeah, that's another one. In fact, everybody should carry a rosary in their pocket, and, and as soon as the, you see the sermon going in, okay, like, this is a stupid sermon, grab your rosary out. Just start going through the beads during the sermon If as soon as you see that it's going to be a dumb sermon. I do that anyway because I can't really hear very well. Oh, so may as well pray the TLM, rosary. <laughs> I'm usually saying the rosary during the homily. Yeah. Okay, that's all the news I got. All right. Well, I got a little bit. By the way, that I, I'm, I'm going to try to find that uh, commercial that I was talking about. I think maybe it's a mm-hmm. Geico commercial, but I'm not positive. But okay. uh, anyway, so just some goofy weird stuff um apparently a baker in california you remember um star trek um at the second movie when at the end han solo was like frozen in that um what do they call it Car- carbon carbonite or how something did like you that. make this mistake what's that you said it was star trek uh star wars yeah, Star Wars when Han Solo is frozen in that stuff, they, and and then yeah. giving the job of the hut. Well, a baker in California has made a, a a loaf of bread that shape, like life size. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I wonder did did they make like a mold? I don't know so if it's a mold and then they poured it in or, or or what. But <clears throat> excuse me. Hopefully, it is um, because then they can. They can keep selling it. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, if <laughs> you could, I mean, like, anybody who has a Star Wars and, party, they'd be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, we're gonna have uh, Han Solo bread." Exactly. Like parties, you know. So, uh, I'm having a party. You know what? We're gonna have a Han Solo bread. You can just you cut chunks out of it and make sandwiches yeah. or whatever. Either sandwiches or have some kind of dip for. You that's know, right. Like Where you do the pieces and, dip, and like the dip, uh, whether it's a cheese dip or a awesome. chili dip or whatever. Be like, I want his nose, I want his lips. It says the dough eventually That's will be cool. composted, not eaten. Well, why? 
That's I think I think they should I think they should make a mold for this. This is yeah. I, 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 even if the if it costs like a thousand dollars, I mean the 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 loaf. Yeah. The the bread costs a thousand dollars. I think people would get uh-huh. it for their parties and stuff like that. Okay, so well, if you're a Hanley Pervan, Pervan. I don't know how to say her last name. P e r v a n. Hanley Pervan. Yeah. If if you happen to hear this, uh, you've got a business uh, opportunity here. Yeah, make a mold and just start selling the bread. If anything, I guess we could make a smaller one. Uh, yeah, maybe if I were like a half size or something. <laughs> I would make this loaf. Yep. And I would sell it. That'd be awesome. All right. So you've seen the uh, beware of dog, beware of whatever. How about just beware? I guess in Massachusetts, um, a woman, I guess police were like showing up to evict a woman. I'm looking at the house that's behind them in the picture. It's a pretty nice house, uh, but it mm-hmm. must be a rental. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's a foreclosure kind of situation. I, I'm, I'm just reading it. But basically she released a bunch of bees on the cops, the sheriffs. Wow. <laughs> They're trying to serve that's an eviction notice. Uh, went to a home. They were met by protesters, according to the official department. Um, she arrived in an SUV towing a trailer carrying beehives and started shaking the hives. Oh, yeah. Broke the cover off of one, causing hundreds yeah, of bees to swarm out and initially sting a de- one of the deputies. <laughs> she had put a beekeeper on wow. a suit on. Well, that's... <laughs> That's a weird I, way to respond. Why did she? Is this? Is she the one that was being? That's uh, what they don't go a lot into the eviction. Or is there something else here? Why they were? Why because there were protests? Protest someone being evicted, and it, and it, it's not even clear whether she was being evicted or whether she was just part of protesting. It just said tried to serve an eviction notice, but it didn't say that it was to but her. It's like who would? Who would protest an eviction? Exactly. Other than the people I mean, being thrown out. This must be some other kind of high-profile story. I mean, not not like national high-profile, but more to locally high-profile yeah. story going on behind this that we don't know about. I'll bet there's yeah, I, there's something more. <laughs> but what? It, okay, that's really no different than shooting someone. I think, but it, it's worse because you have no control over who gets stung. Over what those bees are going to do? I mean, yeah, because they could. Especially you, know, you break open their nest. They get bees. Bees get angry when their nests are messed with like that. Yeah, what a terrible thing. So anyway, she was eventually taken away in handcuffs. A few deputies were stung. I I don't think anybody died from it, but some of them are allergic to bees, so that could have been a problem. Well, that's a that's assault, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I you know I've seen those like when people get stung a bunch from bees and. It's like, I just can't imagine. Yeah. I don't like getting stung once. It's like getting punched. Hurts. Alright. And I only have three this time, but I'm, uh, this is my third one. So, a company in Arizona, uh, is, is doing the, it's Scottsdale, is doing the, um, the cryogenic thing. They've got tanks filled with liquid nitrogen with the bodies and heads of, of almost 200 people. Wow. 
who hope to be revived in the future when science has advanced to a certain point where their their ills can be cured. The youngest that is a Thai girl with brain cancer. Um, I guess she died at the age of two, and they're preserving her. Talk about a scam! I know, I know, I right? Mean, that's perfect. It's like, how much money do it's you like have you to pay? And 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 then it's like a lot. You don't really have to. I mean, okay, I you mean, gotta you keep it. You rent it, you frozen know? or whatever, but you gotta keep it cold. So yeah. you gotta either you gotta keep people doing it, or you have to tell people you're gonna pay for X number of years. Yep. Because that's how much this money will work for you. And at the end of when you run out of money, either your family can intercede and put more money in, or that's it. It says the minimum cost is $200,000 for a body or $80,000 for the brain. Really? The brain alone? Like That's insane. Um, most of the people... Are they sign up while they're alive and they pay by making the company the beneficiary of a life insurance policy equal to the cost? Well, there you go. So, yeah, that's a perfect business model. I wish I had have thought of that. Here's the thing uh, you know, eventually, so the way insurance works, insurance companies always calculate so that. At the end of the day, at least in aggregate, they come out on top. So, so yeah. f- that's, you know, for example, um, a regular insurance policy, like a, what's called term insurance, where you only have the policy as long as you're paying. If you stop paying, the policy just goes away. But right. the older you get, the more expensive those policies get to the point where since they're you know, basically, once they reach a point where, okay, we're going to give you this policy and, and we're going to keep it at this cost over the next 10 years, but your life expectancy is, from this point, is only seven years. So the cost of this insurance is going to be enough that within those seven years, you will have paid the amount that the policy's worth anyway. That That's how insurance works. Yeah. So given that these are like... Uh, most of the people are going to pay more than what the insurance policy is in order to make that insurance policy good. Yeah, I know. It's insane. <clears throat> it's weird. I mean, why not just pay the company? Exactly. That's well, just no, set the company up on a payment plan. Have a I guess part of it is that they want to make sure that if they do die before they get the money paid off, the company still gets the money and their body gets preserved or something like that. That that would be the benefit I could see. Right. But uh, <laughs> I get uh, saving that it's almost it, it's almost as it's the same thing as paying the company. Yeah. It's just they're paying the insurance company instead. The insurance guys make a little bit of money on it. Right. And yeah. and if you die before you expected to, then then you're still covered. Yeah. Oh well, that's it's all dumb. I got. I hate to say that. News wise, oh, we got a Bible <laughs> thing though. Oh, trivia, Bible trivia. All right, let me. Uh, my computer got. We had like a power glitch or something, and I think my computer shut down because of it. What? So you got the recording? Uh, well, yeah. Well, the thing is, I I didn't have my dice roller up. I had to go oh. find it again, but I found it. It's easy. 
All right, so okay. it rolled a five, which is numbers. So I think it means like numbers everywhere in the Bible, not the book of numbers. Yeah, I'm terrible at numbers. Uh, oh, well, this one you ought to know. For how much okay. was Joseph sold into slavery? You know, I don't know. I But the number 11 comes up to me, or 13. Okay, it's neither of those. Or 12. <laughs> <laughs> the number is 20. Or 30. 20. 20, 20 pieces 20 of silver. Something. Okay. Was that how much they paid the... Uh... How much they paid Judas? That's I was just thinking. Because I'm going to go find that. Thirty silver. I thought Judas was. That's what I was going to say. I thought Jesus was betrayed for thirty. Joseph Joseph was was twenty. He just wasn't worth as much as Jesus. (laughs) Well, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, that's all I got then. Well, folks, think about what we said, and as always... Go raw and circle the beads. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.